Welcome to the HU Pirate Ship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. It's free and anyone can join. Verified pirates are treated to inf- inside information about HU and HU athletics. I'm your host, Tyreek, a.k.a. Big Greek from the HU Pirate Ship, and I'm a 2000 alum. We also have Hamptonite from the HU Pirate Ship. What's going on, Hamptonite? Nothing much, man. Just trying to just trying to make it in this world. <laughs> yep, yep. Keep my head above water. Same, same, <laughs> same thing. So, man, hey, the, the the team is trying to do the same thing, man. So, William <laughs> and Mary took it to us this week, forty to seven on their homecoming. So they had a good homecoming. Seems like a good plan for them to schedule us this year. Um, the offense started out slow. I mean, they were pretty ineffective. They couldn't do anything against the William & Mary defensive front. I mean, they had drops, fumbles, a lot of nerves, it seems like, on the offensive side of the ball, at least the skill players early on, drops, fumbles, turnovers. So they left the offense, the defense in some uh, pretty tough positions. So, you know, if we look at the first three offensive drives, they had a three and out, and then when in that first three and out, they had a fumble, they had a drop, then they had another three and out, and then they finally, you know, ended that third drive up with an interception. Uh, but the defense held held tight and held strong early on. They held William Mary to three uh, field goal attempts and actually made all three. So they actually had a nine nothing lead after that slow start. And then after that nine nothing lead, all hell broke loose and uh, William Mary just went wild in that second quarter and uh, took a thirty to nothing lead at halftime. Um, luckily, we avoided the shutout by scoring uh, seven in the second half. And uh, luckily, Hampton Knight had a front row seat literally to this whole game. So I'll just uh, be good for Hampton Knight to give us an accounting of what he actually saw in person because it did look a little bit different uh, than seeing it on TV. So, Hampton Knight, what did you see while you were at the game? Well, you know, they, I mean, shout out to um, the HU Athletic Department that allowed me to get pretty, pretty, pretty well close to the game. Um, so what I did see is – I, you could see the physical aspect of the game, and I noticed, uh, I'll, I'll say the biggest difference that I saw is the actual strength and conditioning of the players. Um, Hampton, Hampton's offensive line, I would say, is, uh, I would kind of say it's like a hodgepodge of players. You have some really lean players, then you might have some, I would say, some round and sort of, how say it, blocky blocky offensive linemen. And William and Mary's uniform uh offensive line was uniform. They had players ranging from six eight all the way down to six five, six four, six three. And they were all tall and lean and extremely they they they, they used great technique. They were they played disciplined football and it was the same way on their defensive lines. They were actually smaller than Hampton's defensive line, but if you can look at their strength and conditioning, they actually got great push. And it's just, you know, it's a credit to their strength and conditioning. And uh, I, I think that those two, uh, those two components of the game were actually were the biggest problems for Hampton. Um, uh, David Watford, you know, on the offense, you know, he could never set it set at his feet to throw some passes. And if you notice, he was constantly, constantly uh, just under pressure. So I just think uh, from just by seeing it on the offense, they just could not get into that rhythm because 
when we married, they weren't even sending more than five players. They were sending a lot of times just the front four linemen, sometimes the three linemen. And I just think they were so strong that our, our players just had a very difficult time just uh, keeping uh, Watford upright. And um, as far as the defense, um, they did start off well, you know. They took it to William and & Mary. And, you know, but in all things, you know, you have to be able to uh, – the offense has to be able to help the defense. And they just cannot provide the spark. And, of course, you know, the defense was on the field too long. So you could see that from the sideline. If there was no frustration. But I, you could tell that Hampton going forward, and we can even look into this till next year. They need to invest in some. I'm not saying that the old line is not bad, but they need to invest in, I guess, strategies to get these players to fire off the ball better. Whatever it is, that's what needs to be done, and and that's on both sides of the line. And if you do that, we win the NEAC. Agreed, agreed. So we, it looks like we got to get stronger in the trenches. Um, yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, it, they, they, they just, they were on the heels actually, offensively and defensively, and especially after that, you know, defense just, you know, got worn down after the after the first quarter, and you could just see that that, you know, that William and Mary strength and technique take over, uh, you know, early in the game, and it just kind of led to the blowout. So the other thing that's interesting is though. That William and Mary, their 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 lines, from what I could tell, are, are homegrown. So they don't mm-hmm. have a lot of transfers. I mean, they get some, you know, guys that have good foundations, and they just put them through their program, man. And they and they just, you know, they come out monsters on the other end. So um, yeah, I don't want to beam about them anymore. That's enough William and Mary love I got. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're, 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 their front seven and their, their offensive lines were pretty impressive, and also their running back. So um, they they took it to us this game. So, Absolutely. So hold on, hold on. Let, let, let me let me just add this one thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I hate to I I agree a hundred percent with what you said. I hate to give another team uh, a lot of credit, but um, I think that for Hampton to to be successful, whatever it is that they're doing, you might have to emulate. Just like how the NFL is a copycat league, you know, you know. Find out what they're doing, and then you either make it. Uh, you just try to excel, or you try, um, try to copy or mimic that. Because trust me, no no team in the MEAC is doing what William and Mary is doing. They don't build their offensive lines that way. And of course, hopefully, this will be the last transfer-heavy team that we will see for the Pirates. But yes, I agree. Yeah, well, you know, things. I, I was thinking the same thing. You know, I was like, man, we got to do what they're doing. But, you know, this trend has been happening for, hell, the past decade. <laughs> I remember after that playoff loss to them in maybe 2004 when Mathis went nuts, and uh, mm-hmm. they were interviewing some of their linemen, especially the defensive linemen. I can't remember exactly who, but they were saying, hey, man, those guys were weak. I mean, they were talking trash the same way they were talking this time, but they were saying, yeah. you know, we were just stronger than them, and we knew we were wearing them down. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's been a decade later, and it seems like we're still faced with the same problem. I think skill player for skill player, we matched up, but in the trenches, um, we're still a little bit lacking. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully we get some guys and we build them up and uh, get them to where they need to keep. But uh, yeah, I think we're still light years behind them as far as you know strength and conditioning on the interior. 
So, but so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's got to get better if we want to win. But I mean, oddly enough, I mean, you know, we Richmond. I mean, they, you know, Richmond is they're basically a damn carbon copy of William and Mary. I mean, and we we stood toe to toe with them. So I mean, absolutely. And I think I I think no no you're absolutely right. And I think we were able to to our office was more fluid when it came to Richmond. Walker was confident. They and you know they didn't even, in the play calling. I should say we did run a lot of screens, a lot of short passes, no deep routes, no long developing routes, and I think that was the reason how we were able to just jump out and try to stay out of Richmond. But ultimately, it came down to the offensive and defensive lines for Richmond, and that is where they wore us down late in the game and came out with a victory to out with the last 40 seconds of the game. Yeah. And, and I mean, just like what you said, you're absolutely right. You know, it does start in the trenches. And right now, Hampton, uh, Hampton, I would say historically, um, for the past 10 years, this has not established that type of line. And I think that is part of, you know, I mean, we probably would need to help Luke Butler, probably get him some more assistance, uh, you know, maybe a nutritional program, or we just need to recruit our, the type of guys that are going to play that system. Yeah, maybe we can buy some uh, cases of muscle milk or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we, yeah that, that might help too. So, yeah, yeah, they got to get stronger. That's that's just basically the main, main takeaway. So, uh, you know, lick your wounds, get ready. There's still three games left, and um, – Hopefully we can finish with a better mark than we have. We are well. We already eclipsed the win total of last year, so we can just continue uh, to get better. Um, so there actually was something good from this game that I took note of. I guess is how you look at it. But Faber Kenny, he averaged 41.7 yards per punt. Now the man had 10 punts, um, but <laughs> he had 10 punts, and uh, they did not allow a return for a touchdown. So that's pretty good. And considering that William Wright has some pretty dynamite uh, punt returners. So uh, special teams uh, didn't get bludgeoned that way this week. Um, that's all I got for good, man. Is, is there anything I left out? Or <laughs> uh, I would just say this. He did have a, a, ball, a ball that was kicked that was down on the one-yard line. But, of course, with a penalty, uh, they had uh, a, a player that was out of position and it was a legal formation. And so then they did the re-kick, and then I think the ball landed around that 33 yard line. Yeah, that, so. that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, the bad. There's plenty there. I ain't going to dwell on this too much, but uh, we gave up uh, 526 yards uh, to Wayne and Mary, and we only had 150 yards ourselves. Um, I think the offense was at times intimidated or nervous, whatever you want to call it, but they're the, – Receivers had some alligator arms at different points in the game. Um, the lines were dominated. We've mentioned that. And um, just one thing about the passing game, man, there's got to be a rationale for this. But why do, why do we run play-action fakes on third and ten? Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to understand that strategy. I mean, I'm sure there's a reason. But maybe it's a slowdown or rush. I'm not sure. But I just noticed that way too many times. I mean, we're down by, like, 30 points, we run play action on third and long. I I, I just don't don't understand that. Uh, maybe there's something to it, but any, any other thoughts, man? I will say this. You run the play action when the running game has been successful. I mean, Hampton's running game is non-existent this year. 
So I'm guessing if you're trying to freeze a middle linebacker, you would just want to throw a ball right over into the, I guess, in the cover two coverage. Absolutely. But, I mean, Chris Dukes, I think, had, what, no more than 20 yards this game. So, no, I, I don't I don't understand why he does it. I'm sure that there is a reason. But, you know, it, I mean, t- until we find it out, it will be continue to be a mystery for us. Yes, yeah, so if somebody knows, you know, drop us a note on a message board, some kind of somebody <laughs> understands the offense. But I, I would love to know. But, uh, yeah, so that's the list of bad. So, you know, the whole game was bad. But, uh, hey, one thing I want to talk about here tonight was, like, the, just the recent – Offensive struggles in general. So, I mean, William and Mary, you know, that game speaks for itself. But actually, the offense has been struggling the past three games. And if you go back to uh, the Delaware Delaware State game right after the uh, A&T game, that's when the offense seemed to really start to struggle. So we struggled against Delaware State and Morgan State, if you really want to look inside the numbers and look inside, you know, how we really executed. So uh, to me, it appears like the offense is in a midst of a three-game slump. Uh, they're only averaging 16 points per game, uh, and this is including William and Mary. So, but that doesn't skew the numbers too much. They score seven. Um, they're averaging 273 yards per game offensively over this stretch. They have four interceptions. You can't pin all that on Watford. So the offense is uh, turning the ball over. Um, I, you know, as far as I can tell, the team seems relatively healthy. I mean, there are some issues at wide receiver, but there's supposed to be the deepest unit on a team. So um, I'm surprised by by the ineffectiveness, even though they seem to be healthy. I do think the penalties hurt. They seem to be untimely. They're never timely, but these are always uh, untimely. And, um, you know, from my thought, from my vantage point, it it seems like the defense, they really don't respect the run and they're playing the pass. So, I mean, you know, if you just keep keep it balanced and uh, keep your two safeties deep, which is what I normally see, Hampton is not going to commit to the run. We're going to pass at some point in time. So uh, play coverage, play the pass, try and keep things in front of you and make things hard for for Watford. Um, yeah, so I think they, you know, the run is making them one dimensional, which makes it easier to pass. Um, and they just need balance, um, need balance uh, to keep that so they can use that play action and have it be more effective. Um, but I just don't see them being physical enough to make defenses respect the run. So, again, makes you one-dimensional, easier to to uh, to defense. Um, and then also there is no – there has been no bye week to this point to correct things. So they just been going week to week, man, with, uh, you know, no real time to reset and look at what you've done and do some real deep self-scouting to try and correct things. So I think all those things kind of go into it, but I mean, it's just it's just interesting to see the offense struggle over these past games, and I just think it boils down to there being not enough balance and not enough physicality um, to make defenses, you know, back up off of Wofford and you know put put eight in the box so you can get some real one-on-one coverage over the top. But he's he's got to make some tight throws a lot of times because he's throwing into seven eight-man drops and uh, making it making it difficult too to stay on balance. So, I mean, the offense has really been struggling. I don't see that getting much better this week against South Carolina State, and we can go into that a little bit later. But uh, that's that's been pretty shocking over these past three games. So, any other thoughts on the uh, on the offense, man? Um, well, I'll just say this. Um, I mean, we do harp on how ineffective the running game is, but that goes right back into what we continuously discuss. The run, the the offensive linemen are just not firing off the ball. 
So being the fact that they cannot, cannot establish the running game, you know, it, it, it causes so many problems. Now, case in point, though, if you watched the um, NFL game this weekend with Tom Brady and uh, let's say what the, the New York Jets, they only ran seven running plays uh, for that game, and they were successful because the receivers, they all run option routes. Now, I'm not saying, I mean, we're Maynard, that's, that's all totally – it's a complicated system. I'm not saying Maynard should do that, but if you're just going to pass the ball, then just commit to passing it. You know, don't even, don't even. I mean, take the whole the play action element out of it. Um, I do think that not having a bye has hurt us because the teams are probably tired. You know, you're going back to back to back, and I'm not talking. And we're playing. Win and Mary in South Carolina State back to back. Those are tough games, yes, tough matchups. Yeah. So now I just think that um, the lack of a bye week hurts. I also think the fact that that our offensive line and they, like they're great pass protectors, but when it comes to rushing the ball, you know they just cannot. They, they're just I will say below average run blockers. That, that hurts even more than the actual pass game. Because let's say if they were better run blockers, then, of course, the play action would help them because the defense will be respecting the run more. They wouldn't rush that many. So I would say it all starts with the offensive line. And it's all, and the offense, since the offensive line hasn't stepped up to the plate in the running game, it has affected not only the offense, but it makes the defense work uh, work harder. You know, to uh, to keep us in games. So yeah, agreed. You know, I, I wish. You know, it's not like I have time to really inspect it, but I like to look at the film and see what defenses are doing as well, because it's probably also some schematic things. They're like, you know, doing some slanting or just lining up. Like, you know, you got enough time right now to look and see to really pinpoint, you know, what offensive linemen, you know, what their issues are. So, hey, if I know if I line up on this guy's outside shoulder, I have a better chance of beating him. I, I like to just know, you know, how their defenses are actually breaking down um, the linemen as well. And like I said, they haven't had a buy to really correct their things and do some real self-scouting. So, you know, it's 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 uh, some it's probably some, some talent, some uh, scheme, and just some other, you know, people making adjustments and saying, hey, you know, we know we can beat these guys if we have this sort of alignment. Um, so yeah, it's 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 uh, not a good thing at this point in time. And if you notice, like over the past couple of weeks, Wofford has been getting hit. Even even while in the pocket, I think he's really good. This is probably leads to some of his interceptions. He really tries to avoid sacks, uh, but he's getting pressure. He's getting pressure yeah. right, right in his face. Um, Absolutely. Some dudes. So it, it's it's yeah yeah it's uh, gonna be an interesting stretch coming up here. So they got to get these things going. I think they do have a bye week. Late in the season, right? I mean, after the South Carolina State game, oddly enough, so they can finish the two two games strong. If I, I think they do have one coming up, though, so. But uh, yeah, offensive struggles are are, are untimely. Um, so yeah, let's take a look at the uh, Miac scoreboard. Um, Bethune Cookman, man, they beat uh, Norfolk State fifty nine to forty nine. I wouldn't have pictured that at all, and that game was thirty five thirty five. Tied at 35 at the half. Um, so, wow. Yeah, that was, I think, the Bethune-Cookman's homecoming, I think. So that was a pretty entertaining game. Uh, South Carolina State uh, beat Delaware State 34-7. to uh, Central uh, beat Morgan State 20-17. Uh, to 17. And uh, good old Howard uh, lost to 
uh, North Carolina A&T, 65-14. to 14. Um, So that was pretty uh, nasty. And just an anecdote, so, you know, I'm down here in North Carolina. I keep hearing all these folks talk about the geho, the geho. So, <laughs> have <you heard> yeah. <laughs> so I finally I figured out what the, that is. <laughs> the greatest homecoming on earth, I think. Yeah, that's what they say, <laughs> yep. So Howard was part of that yeah. this this year on the wrong end, though, 30, 65 to 14. So, um, not too many, no surprises at all this week. Um, everybody was, it was chalk and everybody who was supposed to win won. Um, so, you know, uh, interesting, uh, not a, not interesting week, uh, of games this, this week. Um, so this week they got South Carolina state coming up. It's South Carolina state's homecoming. So this is our fourth homecoming in a row. Um, let's see, this is your typical buddy pew team. They're going to be big physical, I mean, you know, except for um, the big man in the middle, Hargrove. I hope I'm saying his name. Hargrove or Hargrave? Hargrove. Yes. Yeah. yeah they, no, you're right. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty, you know, they're, they're not, not much bigger than us, but that one guy just changed the whole complexion of the team. But it's your typical Buddy Pew team. They're going to be physical and fast, but they're offensively challenged like every year, and they commit a lot of penalties. Um, kind of sounds like us uh, in some ways. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, they're four and three overall. We're four and four. They're three and one in the conference. Um, I think we're three and two in the conference. Um, they have yeah. losses to Coastal Carolina, Furman, and Bethune Cookman. So the best three teams they played, they've lost to. Um, they've had wins over uh, UAB, uh, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, FAMU, Howard, and Delaware State. So um, interesting. They are number one in scoring defense at 14 points per game and number one in total defense in the conference. Um, and they're number two in scoring offense, actually, at uh, 360 yards per game. But I think that's a little bit of fool's gold. I mean, if you watch them yeah. against good teams, you, it's to say they can't pass when they need to. And, um, you know, they can't be dynamic when they really need to take over the game. Um, the run, Their run defense is, is great. Um, you know, I mean, they're actually, run defense is good. It's kind of middle of the pack, but their pass defense is number one. Um, and they're only allowing 131 yards per game uh, passing. Um, they're number one in sacks, uh, their defense is. Uh, the quarterback, he can throw. I mean, every now and then he will throw something that looks great, but, you know, every now and then they just get bogged down and can't do much offensively, but he can throw. Uh, Simmons, he's a good runner. Um, but lastly, they're undisciplined, and they give up 85. They commit 85 yards uh, worth of penalties per game, and I think we commit 86. So we're we're both neck and neck as far as being undisciplined. Um, so I think if we can just play field position, if we have no turnovers and have half the penalty yards they win, I guarantee a win. If those two things happen, <laughs> if those two things happen, because on paper these things are pretty even. So I mean, if you look at the stats, yeah. I look at that stuff, like, damn, okay. I mean, defense number one, number two. You know, we're, we're it's pretty even, except we are better in the pass. Um, but yeah, if we can just have no turnovers, no stupid special teams mistakes, and limit the penalties, which is not something we've done all year, we should win. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty my my assessment of this game. Anything I'm leaving out here tonight? No, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, I will say this: um, I'll only give them a slight advantage is because they're playing at Oliver C. Dawson Stadium, and uh, and if everyone knows, that's probably one of the toughest venues to play outside of uh, the Aggie Stadium. Um, 
I do think that um, there is an advantage uh, if you look at their defensive line, you know. You're seeing guys that are 260, 265, 270. You know, you got even their defensive ends are 210, 216, and 230. So, I mean, that that is something that Hampton can really exploit, you know. I mean, uh, hopefully, I mean, but they are quick. So, that means that David Watson probably will have to adjust his uh, passes to a lot of short passes, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, slants and bubble screens, and just not long developing routes that we've seen in the past. You know, I do think that this game is a winnable game for Hampton. And to be honest, I, I don't even remember the last time we actually won in Dawson. You know, I know it's I know it's well over. Uh, 10 years. Uh, it's probably back when I was in college. Um, we have, how should I say, we have not, we have not won there. So when it comes to, I guess, this game, I think the keys for it will be uh, establishing a presence on the offensive line first. Even though their line is undersized, they're still, they're still a decent uh, line. I do think that if we could get, you know, if we can just start early, then if start up, start early, uh, get, uh, get some momentum early in the offense. Then the defense, you know, which has played lights out all year, um, for the past four or five games, you know, they could uh, pretty much help, help, you know, help, uh, help keep the score at bay. I do think that this is a, uh, our, our, our platoon cookman for this year. This could be our winnable game. Um, it's, I mean, I really am excited for this game, and I really do think that we have a shot. Hopefully, this loss to William and Mary did not dampen the spirit of these players. Yeah, that's my concern, man. I, I there's got to be a hangover, man. I mean, I mean, that was a. I mean, sometimes you can put that away, but I would understand if there is one. Uh, I, I would like to see how Maynard sort of navigates that and gets keeps the guys up for this game. But uh, you're gonna, yeah. I, I am. I, 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 there, there is a good chance for a hangover. But I, yeah. I hope not. But I would understand. No, I agree. I agree. I do. I did see. Um, I did see a lot of. Um, I mean, I, I, I would say. I think that they probably. I'm talking about the team. Once they saw the score start to get away, they said, "Okay, we're worried about next week." You know, this game could have gotten us into the playoffs, you know, had we not won out, had we not uh, won the MEAC. But now they're thinking, okay, we got to win next week, you know. And next week, to, uh, uh, this this coming game is pivotal to the Pirates because it keeps us in the race for uh, uh, for a conference championship. And if you think about it, we don't play North Carolina Central this year. We don't even play the film. You know, we have FAMU and uh, – and what? Uh, Savannah State. Savannah State left. You know, if we went out, you know, we have an awesome shot. It's an outside shot. So, I mean, I, I know Maynard knows this. So, I think that, you know, that is a very good scenario for us. So, uh, I just think that um, this is a winnable game in a player's style. Agreed, agreed. So, hopefully, you can get them to realize that big picture. I mean, A&T. Um, they can slip up. I mean, they've got some tough games coming up, um, so they can fall out of uh, first place. Um, we, so we'd be tied for second, maybe if we if we can win this game. Um, so hopefully, 
the salesman in Maynard is coming out this week and, and getting those guys to, to to get ready for South Carolina State. So it should be an interesting game. Slim chance I might make it down there and uh, <laughs> you know, and they have a ringside seat there. So I'll definitely keep you posted if I make it. But uh, if not, we shall be here next week to go over the hopefully the, the winning results uh, for the Pirates. So. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, does William & Mary have I'm not William and Mary. I'm sorry, South Carolina State. Do they have streaming capabilities? I don't think so. Mm. Mm. Shade. Uh, yeah, I know. What, what year is this? Yeah. 15, man. But you know. Absolutely. Yeah, they, but I mean, they they almost shot, closed down this year, right? I mean, I could understand. Yeah, yeah. Shout yeah. out the pit bull, you know, <laughs> and and the rest of those brothers on me at fans on. Please, there'll be some streaming because we want to see this game. Yeah, man, because somebody put it <laughs> on Periscope or something like that, you know. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. There we go. But, hey, but if not, you know, a little, a little shout-out to 88.1. I mean, they're actually pretty entertaining on their broadcast. So, a lot of times I will, uh, especially if it's the away team like William & Mary, I'll, I'll mute uh, the William & Mary team and put on the 88.1 broadcast. So, that's a pretty good uh, way to stay in touch with the game if you can't see it or – you know, attend in person. So just another another option there, just in case. So absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, hey man, that's it for me, Hampton Night. Unless you got anything else to say, I'm gonna sign off, and uh, we'll catch everybody else next week. Next week, uh, you know, hopefully. Oh, okay. Tell me this: What is your prediction for this game? What is the score you think you have? My score is twenty-four seventeen Pirates. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna say um, South Carolina State's offense doesn't doesn't hit full stride, so I'm gonna give them 14 points. I say Hampton wins on the squeaker, 17-14. Or 16-16-14. They they couldn't put in the end zone. Yeah. Well, we missed an extra point. <laughs> there we yeah, we missed an extra point. Absolutely. <laughs> there we go. I'll take that, man. I'll take the W. So good stuff here tonight, man. And we'll uh, see everybody next week. Go Pirates. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go Pirates.